Get ready. Three, two, one, zero. You are listening to the Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Fantasy Joe's Podcast. Your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Ryan Livergood, Trey Barrett, and Will Greenwood. Welcome back to part two of our conversation with Tim Torch, talking about the Cleveland Browns. Before we get into the conversation with Tim again, a couple of things we want to mention. Episode 50 of the Fantasy Joes comes at you this Monday morning, early Monday morning, with special guest Ryan McDowell. You won't want to miss it. So if you're not already subscribed, please do. Make sure you don't miss that episode. Episode 50 coming at you on Monday. Also, Fantasy Joes Bowl 1. Trey, we've still got openings, right? Yeah, that's right. We've, we've still got openings. We've actually, we have 72 participants, man. I'm so excited. Originally, I was just hoping to be able to fill five divisions. We've already filled six. We, $600 has been donated to Fantasy Cares. Um, but there's still opportunity. We, we're not going to be beginning the drafts until August the 2nd, I think it is. That's the, the uh, Hall of Fame game. Going to be kicking off the drafts that morning. So the best way to join, if you go on Twitter, at Trey Barrett, I just pinned the tweet, and there's instructions on there on how to send the money. Send the $10. As soon as I get the money, either via PayPal or Venmo, I will email you an MFL. Usually within 24 hours, we'll get you signed up. I would love to fill one more division. I would love for us to, to have seven divisions. And, of course, you know, the, the opportunity to win a spot for the grand champion to win a spot in SFB nine. It's a great opportunity. We've got a chat going, a group me chat too. So if you sign up for the league, you're going to get invited into that. Having some great conversations already. So make sure you check it out. If you haven't signed up already, sign up before it's too late. So without further ado, let's get back into our conversation. This is part two of the Cleveland Browns with Tim Torch. One thing we should mention, we did record this before the Josh Gordon news came out. So keep that in mind as you listen. We need to call this the Cleveland Browns like hype episode because we're just like so excited about all these guys and hyping them all up. But that's so that's my thing for this year though. Like, let me let me see it first. I I, I've, I own very few Cleveland Browns. And- but that's a problem, isn't it? If, if you say let me see it first, by the time they actually do it, you're not going to have an opportunity to buy because their value is going to go. You're going to have to mortgage the farm to get any of them. Tim, Tim, it's just because I really don't believe it's going to happen the way we're projecting it. Well, speaking of non, I, I will segue on to the next part, David Joku, which <laughs> I I actually think that's not going to happen this year, and and people want to put him as a top five tight end, and I just think that's unrealistic. That you're saying, so you're saying Josh Gordon is going to have 120 targets, Jarvis Landry is going to have 100 plus targets. You're going to have Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb, who are all solid PPR backs and can do very well in the receiving game. And you're going to find another 80 targets for your tight end. It, it's the, the math just doesn't work out. So there was a, the most recent dynasty crossroads with Peter Howard and Jake Anderson. They actually talked about David Joku and I completely agree with their theory that he's a little overrated. It's nicer to buy when they're a little bit older. And I would just much rather go with the older tight end that maybe has a little bit more locked in production than David Joku. I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to say the same thing that dynasty crossroads podcast, we talk about Njoku, uh, Peter Howard, Jake Anderson. Great job. It's a great new podcast. It's a great conversation. And I love Peter's, 
philosophy on tight ends. It's, it's really made me uh, rethink some of the moves I've made in terms of li- liking some of these younger tight ends. So I'll, I'll put that in the show notes too. Our listeners need to check that out. It, it's a great conversation. Um, what about, what do you, what do you guys think? Because he is one of those guys that, it, you know, especially after I think Hunter Henry went down this year and looking at the tight end landscape, a lot of people were like, okay, if I, if I can't get one of those elite guys, because the guys that have Gronk in my league and Kelsey and Ertz, they're not giving them up. No one's giving up Evan Ingram, but maybe I can get uh, Njoku from somebody. Um, maybe he's the guy I should target now that Hunter Henry has gone down. And he's getting more hype than, than maybe he should be. So what do you, what do you think, Trey, Will? Are either of you guys on the David Njoku train? So I'll tell you, I'm on the David and Joku train, but this is this is my my seat on the David and Joku train. Is I don't want to buy him right now. I have no interest in buying him right now. I think right now he's going right around 100 ADP, which is a little bit rich for me. I anticipate that number eight to ten games into the season will drop by at least 30 or 40 spots because I do think that there's going to be a lot. He's going to be way down the chain. I mean, if you look at player profiler, his best comparables Travis Kelsey his athleticism he's 22 years old first round draft capital he's got incredible burst I think that the sky is the limit for him he was a raw uh, talent coming in out of the University of Miami so for me in the grand scheme of things I love the upside of David Njoku uh, 24 months from now I don't want to pay the price for him at this point but when he comes out and has a disappointing season when we're eight or nine or 10 games in and uh, he's not putting up the numbers that his owners expected, or maybe even next off season when there's the fresh hype of the, the new hotness the new, and new. he's, you know, another, another year removed from, you know, being a number one draft pick. I think that the, the time to buy him will be then not now. I, I like him talent wise. I agree with Tim. I don't think this is going to be his year to break out. I don't consider him a top five dynasty tight end. But honestly, in the next 24 months, you know, there's five tight ends in the NFL right now that are going to not be playing. You know, the Greg Olsons, the Delaney Walkers. Jordan Reed. uh, There's going to be guys that are kind of phasing out. Ben Watson. Tons of opportunities for these. So I I love the talent. Uh, Vernon Davis instead. So I love the talent. I think think the sky's the limit for David and Joku, Mm -hmm. but you're going to have to be patient. And his price right now is a little ridiculous. Nice. The new, new. I love the new, new. <laughs> well, any thoughts about uh, a certain joke? Well, uh, so in Cleveland Browns wins last year, he averaged zero catches for zero yards and no touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Go, go for the older, older guys. It just makes a, a ton of sense for me. And, and I will all give you credit here there. We need to pump the brakes somewhere. If it's going to be somewhere, I'm going to start with David Joku. Well, Tim, earlier you referred to guys that you – or no, Will, you talked about guys you want to see them prove it on the field. Well, the Browns have someone that's proven it on the field. It's been a while. But Josh Gordon had that <laughs> – it's, it's not fair. Has that, that magical, you know, time where he, he was this elite wide receiver in the NFL and he put up the numbers. But it's been a while, and, and we, it's well documented, you know, <laughs> what, what, what's happened with him. But it, he's a new man. He's back. So Josh Gordon, we should invest in him, right? I mean, tell, tell me, Tim, that I, I drafted him. He's actually my wide receiver one for Scott Fishbowl. So tell me that tell that was a good investment, that, that he is high upside guy that's going to take me to the championship. 
he is a high upside guy. That That's one thing I will give you. In Tyrod Taylor's time with Sammy Watkins when he was on the field, uh, that was very productive. And I think that may be something that a lot of people forget because of the weapons that were available to Taylor in 2017 in Buffalo. Kelvin Benjamin, Zay Jones, <laughs> I mean, Charles Clay on on maybe half a hamstring between both his legs. That's that's about all he had. LaShawn McCoy coming out of the backfield. That That's it for him. This coming into 2018, the, I don't want to say the sky's the limit because I don't believe that, but even if Josh Gordon is sitting there with 100 targets, which I think is reasonable, uh, somewhere between 100 to 120-ish, maybe pushing, pushing the limit with 120. The the best part about Josh Gordon is he is a deep threat and he he can be efficient. He can be the guy that, that gets 15 plus yards per catch and really make the most of those type of situations, really break the defense down. And there's so many other weapons there that you can't just single, you can't just double cover uh, Josh Gordon. You have to pay attention to so many other pieces on the field. But your but your expectations are are, are not. Uh, I they're 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 not like high wider top five wide receiver or anything like that. I I think wide receiver fifteen to twenty is reasonable for Gordon this year. And what about in dynasty? I mean, does his for me? I, I've I've said many times on the show, guys with his history. For me, I just don't, don't want do them it. on my dynasty team. I, don't I just, do it. Yeah. Look at the look at the ADP right now. Uh, there are so many good tools to to actually evaluate a person's overall. On top of listening to this show, uh, but beyond that, uh, I love DLS Trade Finder. I think that's that is the number one way when I start constructing an offer to someone, I start there because it gives me an idea of real world market value. I do look at ADP just to see the general consensus of, of where, where people are going in those startups, even though they're a little iffy, uh, but that trade finder is great. And that's, that's where you need to build the deals. I'm getting out from Josh Gordon. He went from a waiver wire guy that people were, were just having to cut because they were trying to make, room on their roster to a guy who's like second or third round in startups. That's, that's a first round pick evaluation plus, plus, plus. Ooh, se- yeah. Second round in startups. That's a steep task for, for Josh Gordon. So uh, th- spe- speaking of him, one, he signed, he had to sign an exclusive rights for agent deal with the Browns, which again, kills me a little bit on the inside because I hate those. Uh, so he signed for 70, 700, thousand or seven seven hundred thousand uh sorry seven hundred ninety thousand dollars for next year and i know it's not you know that's that's not a lot of money or anything like that but uh why did he not get to hit the open market after at least like proving that he could play in the nfl again and being clean for a year take that as a win and then next year he's a restricted free agent i wonder what the browns will tender him at give me josh gordon on the seahawks in 2019 (laughs) and watch just watch the just just watch what happens because he'll be 28 I know he'll, he's older, but he doesn't have a lot of mileage on his body except for drugs. And he can uh, – I don't know. The, it, I, I think Josh Gordon is such – You want, I want him to be the feel-good story of the NFL. I want him to show that somebody could turn it around. I want him to do it. And I really, really hope he does. But, man, and, and he, when he signed his contract, too, it was just one little blurb on, you know, on Roto World. Or one little thing. I remember seeing that being like, oof, he still has to prove it for a whole other year. And I, I just hope he does. And I hope that they don't tender him high and he gets to go to a team that's actually going to pay him some market value and that we can see the real draw score and come out uh, because, well, well, unless the Browns turn around this year, become like 
if they if they win five games this year, uh, I'll be stoked about the Browns moving forward. Anyway, Josh Gordon, Seahawks, twenty nineteen, boom. Yeah, I don't have a, a whole lot to add. I think you guys kind of hit the nail on the head. I think um, you know mid range wide receiver two is is well within his reach. I, I think he will be the leading uh, target in that offense. And I, and I do think, I think Tim mentioned probably the thing that favors him the most is Tyrod Taylor being the starting quarterback. And, you know, more than anything for me, and I've mentioned this before, I'm cheering for Josh Gordon. I, I want him to succeed. I want him to do well. I would love nothing more than for him to be a wide receiver one this year in fantasy. And it's not because I own a lot of shares of him, but it's just because it would be such a great comeback story of a young man getting his life together uh, overcoming his demons and, and, you know, getting back to doing what he's so incredibly talented at doing. I, I think his floor is 900 yards and six touchdowns. I, I think that that's really very, very safe floor. It's unfortunate because right now, as far as his price, his price is creeping up to where for me, he's probably a sell. I just don't think what, what he did with 1600 yards and nine touchdowns and not even a full slate of games back in I think 2013 you got uh, that, I mean, that that's just that's just not an, an option for him I think this year or even moving forward I know the talent's still there but I, I just I think that he's a guy that I probably am not going to have on many teams because I'm not willing to pay the price that he's going to bring but I'll be pulling for him every step of the way especially as a massive Browns fan Trey I've got something that's going to perk you up here I'm going to throw out two names. One of them I know is going to perk you up. I'm going to ask you guys, who would you take between Jarvis Landry or Sammy Watkins? Sammy Watkins. So, Tim was like, quick, <laughs> Sammy Watkins, give it to me. <laughs> yeah, that's easy for me, man. It's Sammy Watkins. I'm standing by my take that he's going to be the wide receiver one in Kansas City this year. I'm standing by my take that there are very few guys in the NFL that have the talent and ability that Sammy does. The foot – slowed him down. I mean, look at, look last year, nobody wanted to touch Keenan Allen with a 12 foot pole because he was injury prone and he stayed healthy all year last year was wide receiver three. And to me, Sammy Watkins is that same guy. He didn't get a fair shake last year. His first year playing really healthy with the foot, right? He didn't get into camp on time. They didn't move him all over the field. Like I think Andy Reid is going to in Kansas city, man. I, I literally own Sammy Watkins and Keenan Allen in almost every single dynasty league that I'm in. And I am so excited to see him. I mean, in any startups that I'm doing right now, I'll take him all day long in the fourth round, even late third. I mean, I am, I'm really excited for Sammy Watkins this year. Will, do we have any, um, you know, counter takes there? I mean, I would, I would take, I would take Jarvis Landry. It depends on the format and what you're playing in, but I mean, I don't know. Give me, give me the guy that's shown that he's done it year over year. I, I, I know Watkins and, and what he could be in that offense, but do we really, again, I, I maybe it's just a, a change a little bit in my uh, opinions about this is I think so. Sam Watkins to me is a huge risk. And I, I know he's talented some somewhat, but he, uh, I, I'd rather take Jarvis Landry who I feel like is, is safer and would let somebody else take Sammy Watkins, I guess is my, my intake on that. Let's talk about Jarvis Landry then, because these are kind of different type of players. You know, you, you, you Sammy is very exciting and, and sexy, but Jarvis Landry, he never really has been. And there, there's a lot of debate. I think, I think Jarvis Landry is a very polarizing guy. Cause there's still some people that, that love Jarvis Landry that will, will go to the mat for him. 
So, but Tim, what do you see? Because I, I, when I think of, of Todd Haley, I think of a guy that's going to distribute targets in an offense. And I just don't know if I see Jarvis getting the same target volume that he's had. Um, especially two of, his, two of his years in Miami, he had over 160 targets. In 2015, 166 targets. 2017, 161 targets. He's not going to get 160 targets in Cleveland, is he? No, that's that's the biggest thing. I just don't think it's sustainable. Looking over looking over Haley's history, he has been able to feed more than one receiver. So in his years when he was with Arizona, he had Larry Fitzgerald and Anquan Bolden. Um, moving on to the Steelers, he had Martavis Bryant and Antonio Brown. And last year, Juju Smith-Schuster, he was able to bring in that second piece fairly well with right around 70 to 90 targets. I don't think we're going to see the same volume. And there were reports coming out that Jarvis Landry has been uh, being used a little bit more downfield with the offensive coordinator, Todd Haley, there. But still, you have to ask yourself, sure, he's going to play downfield a little bit more, but that's not going to going to really lead to the same reception totals that we're that we're used to seeing from him this is just really unexplored territory and and Jarvis Landry being there does directly impact Duke Johnson or Duke Johnson impacts him those are two guys I can see directly siphoning from each other I think I, I think I'm pretty excited to see what Jarvis Landry does I feel like he's commanded those targets uh on the on the Dolphins like that team wasn't good and he was just kind of their safety safety outlet all the time and he, he, Tyrod Taylor may be the best quarterback he's ever played with, which is crazy enough to say. And then if he moves on, you know, if Baker Mayfield steps up and is that, I just, you know, if you're going to, if, if I'm, again, he's fallen, I feel like pretty far in, in where you can grab him. And Sammy Watkins in, in Kansas City, is he going to be Jeremy Macklin or is he, you know, what else, what do you, what do you think he's going to be there? It would be my like where where, my, where I end up at, and so I end up with Jarvis Landry in my if I were choosing just between those two, which oof, that's a depressing day. <laughs> I, I just still like Sammy Watkins. That's it, I still go back to when he was drafted. Um, the overall profile, I think you're a couple years removed from from the foot injury. I, I agree that he didn't get a fair shake last year when he was with the Rams. Uh, he's had a couple of explosive weeks, but. Uh, this year he's finally there for a full season and money doesn't lie these these teams there are very few times where they put their cards completely on the tables and table and tell you exactly what they think they told you what they think of Sammy Watkins they weren't going to get into a bidding war with a team like the Dallas Cowboys they wanted him locked down because they felt he was the number one wide receiver in the free agent market Okay, so let's do like lightning round. A couple more Cleveland Browns players I want to talk about, um, and then we got to move on. So Antonio Callaway, better value now, or do you wait till after 2018 to acquire him? Wait till wait till after 2018, or at least later later in the 2018 season. People are gonna forget about him. And Corey Coleman, what do we do with Corey Coleman? Oh, buying buying so so hard right now. He is he is one of the top buys right now. Chad Parsons thought I was crazy because I said I would I would throw out a second round rookie pick for him in an instant, and I that's why I've acquired him in most places. But I I think even if it's not with the Browns, there's an opportunity for him to move on somewhere else, and I definitely think he can still be. He has that wide receiver one upside. 
Yeah, interesting. And landing spot would make a big difference. Like, you know, you see flooded out there on Twitter all the time. It seems like every other day I see, what if Corey Coleman gets straight to Dallas? You know, (laughs) we'd all love it. Yeah, we would. We would. So Dak Prescott can miss him with throws too. What's crazy about Corey Coleman (laughs) is he's still available in SFBA. And I know the likelihood he's going to be much of anything this year is not very high. But I mean, I'm in the 20th round. And so I, I've been kind of watching as um, I'm coming back on the clock here soon. And I, I was really thinking that he'd be a nice kind of high upside guy, especially fitting the mold with Tyrod Taylor throwing the deep ball. I, I think because that's, that's Corey Coleman's game. Um, so anyway, I, I don't I, I know you're talking more dynasty, Tim, than you are in 2018. But um, is it completely unreasonable that he could be a wide receiver three or four this year? I mean, I, you know, I don't think that's ridiculous. It's not far fetched, I should say. No, it's so. not crazy, but uh, I will say, to give Will credit, I am trying to be reasonable with expectations. Thank you so much for jumping on the show. So for our listeners, um, we had a unfortunately there was another guest that 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 couldn't come last minute. So I sent a DM to Tim on Twitter, and I'm like, "Hey, man, can you, you're writing about the Browns. Can you jump on the show?" And Tim was like, yeah, no problem. Absolutely. So we really appreciate it. And so much fun. I'm so glad you were able to come. We, we love talking football with you. You're one of our favorites. No problem. And to that guy who backed down on you twice, I'll say it so you guys don't have to say it. That guy's a dick. That, there, <laughs> there, is no, there is no reason if you're agreeing to go on a podcast like that, if you don't give some type of reasonable amount of time. When you're two weeks in a row and you're not giving solid reasons for it, that's just a dick move, and you should probably stay away from writing and being on fantasy football podcasts. Whoa. It's, it's kind of like a win-win, though, because we got Tim tonight. <laughs> yeah. It's a win-win. And, and all- hopefully my Cleveland Browns conservatism didn't ruin uh, your night. <laughs> no. I took, no, I took I, Jarvis Landry. What do you want, and, what do you want from This me? was fun. I, yeah. I do appreciate you guys having me on for the second time. I, I've been really blessed by the opportunity to be on this podcast and, and others and working with great people. Uh, whether it's being on this podcast, UTH Dynasty with Chad, Katie, Jordan, they're they're a great group. Uh, and now working with FF Statistics, it's just there's I, I don't know how I keep finding myself in really good places, but I'm lucky to be here, and I I can't thank the community enough for for supporting me. Well, thank you, Tim. No, thank you for supporting us and being on the show. We 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 love having you. Never a problem. It's time. It's time to, to, to build up the hype for the season, the 2018 season. We're going to bring back our hot, bold, spicy takes. But there are hot, bold, spicy takes for the season. We're going to count down from 10 to 1. And not just the Fantasy Joes, but every time we have a guest, they're going to jump on and give a hot take or two as well. So, Tim, you are in the guest seat for us this week. So what is your hot, bold, spicy take? And I should remind our listeners, we're, we're going to give these grades. You know, if you will recall, we have banana pepper. That's right. Banana pepper. Jalapeno. Jalapeno. Habanero. Ghost pepper. And the almighty Carolina Reaper. You get points based on your takes from one to five assigned by the others. So, Tim, without further ado, go ahead. What is your hot, bold, spicy take of 2018? Dante Moncrief is a wide receiver one with 130 targets over over 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns. Whoa, my head's going to explode, Tim. I can't take it. <laughs> oh, 
Oof. <laughs> That's almost too much. Did I hear he, that? He, he, I, I think my equipment. He takes, over, he takes over the Allen Robinson role. My, my equipment's not working, guys. I'm sorry. I, I did, 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 did. That was 11, 1,100 yards? Yes. 1,100 <laughs> yards. Oh, man. <laughs> That's it. That's great. I, I, I can't appreciate man. it enough that you, so, you set the bar so high. I was just so happy that just happened. <laughs> My take is so weak. I, I'm not even looking. I just remember this because I look it up so often. Closest comparable prospect to Dante Moncrief on playerprofiler.com, Andre Johnson. So trade it before he hits 31 or whatever. I think it's a, I think it's a Carolina Reaper for me. I, I like it, but – I still, I still, I still think that one's on the spice level at the top. I mean, it is going along the lines of money talks. I mean, they paid him a crap ton of money this year. I, I, I think it's easily Carolina Reaper and almost like offensively Carolina Reaper to lead us off. Offensively, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I gotta go. I gotta go Carolina Reaper too. I mean, I, I think it's a, it's a great take, and I, I can. See it in some weird, bizarre world happening, but still, that's that's hot. That's really hot. Love it. I love it. Will, what's your hot, bold, spicy take? So my thing is, it piggybacks a little bit off our last week's and offenses we're excited about. It's that four players from the Green Bay Packers this year at their positions will end with a one, as in four players will finish in the top 12 at their position. Uh, I think the easy ones are Aaron Rodgers, uh, uh, Devontae Adams, and then you kind of have a mix. I think Jimmy Graham's going to be an easy tight end one just because tight end's such a mess. And then there's going to be a fourth one, and you kind of have to take the roulette wheel, and who's that going to be? Is it going to be their wide receiver two on the team, or is it going to be a guy like Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, Ty Montgomery? Uh, I strongly believe that that offense is going to support – I don't know if strongly. I, I say I do I actually do have belief that that offense is going to produce four uh, ones this year. Four ones. So, Trev, you've got thought to uh... – and by the way, Tim Torch, his equipment blew up. It was so hot. I think his computer overheated, so he had to drop off the show. So if you're wondering why we're not asking Tim, that's what happened to Tim. Uh, so Trey, what do you what do you think of this take? Where, where would you where would you rank it? What what heat level would you give it? I can't I can't go probably over Habanero, and here's why: because I feel like Aaron Rodgers and Devontae are almost absolute locks to be top twelve of their position. It will be a significant uh, upset, if you will, if Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams aren't in the top 12 at their position. I think Jimmy Graham, because the tight end position is so kind of mucked up. I mean, last year he was pretty terrible in Seattle and still finished as a top 12 tight end because he caught nine touchdowns. And, and I think that's upside that he has. And, and then I, I think that the, the, the biggest struggle is going to be, and I, I think, I'd even be willing to go, um, uh, Ryan, if you're willing to go hotter, I, I may be even willing to go a little hotter because I'll tell you that there's not many offenses um, last year. And I, I, I know for a fact there were only four offenses that placed four players in the top 18 at their position. So I, I just think it's pretty unlikely that injuries can happen. I mean, Rodgers wasn't a quarterback one last year. So I'd I'd say I'd be willing to go to uh, Ghost Pepper. Really, Ghost Pepper for that? Mm. Well, you know, because you got you got to think. Even Devontae Adams, you know, um, he he may not finish as a wide receiver one. It's a big parlay. Jimmy Graham, 
I, I think that I think the fourth guy I'm having a hard time. Randall Cobb is not going to be a wide receiver one. Geronimo Allison's not going to be a wide receiver one. So what you're relying on is one of those running backs to be a top 12 running back. And I just don't see it. Even if one of them was the starter yeah. from beginning to end, I just don't think, and I think that they're going to, I believe that Aaron Jones is the guy to own there. I think Ty Montgomery could get sprinkled in. I think that there's going to be a pretty decent share among yeah, those running backs. And, and I just don't see um, one of those guys being top 12. Even if Jamal Williams starts all 16 games, as a Green Bay Packers running back, he he could still not be a top twelve, top twelve running back. Yeah, no, I think you've kind of swayed me. You're right. I mean, four is is where it gets really hot. You know, um, even three, it, it might be a bit of a stretch. I, I don't know. I, I think I'm a little bit down on on uh, Jimmy Graham compared to some others. So yeah, I, I'll go Ghost Pepper. I'm, I'm with you. That was its intention. Wasn't intended to be like five players or Dante Mockridge being WR one. Uh, level, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm, yeah, give me the Packers offense. Okay, I'm gonna write this in here. Who's next? <laughs> you gonna fill it in? I, I don't know. I, I'll go next because I have to admit, guys, since this is number ten, we're doing a countdown from ten to one. I didn't necessarily bring my my hottest take tonight. I'm, I'm gonna like kind of heat up as we go along. I mean, I think it's pretty good, but in terms of being like kind of like super intriguing, like what Tim Torch just threw down. Not so much, but here's what I'm going to go with. And this is, um, uh, like I said, we're going we're gonna to start kind of like kind of boring, like non-sexy picks. But I'm going to basically say the Los Angeles Chargers, they're going to be the number one DST in fantasy football this year. And if you think about it, you know, yes, they did get Gus Bradley there. Yes, they uh, had a great draft, Derwin James. But they were not very good against the run last year. And there's some really elite defenses um, in this league. Uh, but, but, and I think the chargers are going to, um, ascend to be the number one DST. That's right. They're going to be better than Jacksonville. They're going to be better than the Vikings. They're going to be number one. Where'd they finish last year? Um, that's a good question. I, I don't have that in front of me, but, but I can, I can look. And I'm talking about fantasy, by the way, fantasy DST. Um, so maybe like standard ESPN scoring we can go with. I'm not talking about like, uh, cause there are different ways you can rank defenses of football. I'm talking about like from a, for your fantasy football team that you use DSTs, they'll be number one. Yeah, I'm just trying to find. I feel like they were really high last year. Maybe not. Well, they. I think that they encountered some injuries. Of course, they always. That's that. Like, just goes without saying. It's the Chargers. Yeah, because the Patriots are going to win football games, and the Chargers are going to get injured. Well, Chargers were fifth in this ESPN scoring that I'm looking at, which is based on. A dynasty league Ryan Iron, so they're going to move from five to one. Yeah, I, I think for me, um, I, I mean, bordering on banana pepper because <laughs> I just don't. Well, I mean, I think that they really strengthened their defense this year in the off season, and I really, um, I mean, I do think that Jacksonville has a really good chance of repeating as the top defense, but you know, things change and injuries happen. Um, so I, I'd, I'd probably be willing to go uh, jalapeno just because to call your shot to number one. I mean, if he had said top three, I would have said milk. But to, to be the number one DST um, would be pretty remarkable for them, even though they are, you know, ranked in the top five and finished in the top five last year. What do you, what do you think, Will? What would you be willing yeah, to Yeah, I mean, since it's number one, I feel like anytime you flag plant – just just odds based, you know, because what was the number two DST last year? It was the Ravens, 
And I don't think we necessarily think that right off the top of our heads. Uh, Eagles were number three. Rams were number four. Uh, who, I don't, I'm just trying to think who I would see surpassing them. Like, I mean, oh, man. Like, but the number one. I think it's incredibly likely that the Jags can repeat as number one. See, the thing, I actually am, am, kind, of against, am kind of against that. So the Jags got Houston both times without Deshaun Watson. They got Tennessee with a weakened Marcus Mariota. And they didn't do well against them the first time. Uh, I think their schedule, and they also got the Colts in the in the division without Andrew Luck. And just assume assuming he's playing, which is just confuses me more and more. Uh, I kind of be shocked if I think the Jaguars were a little bit buoyed by some luck on their end and what they were able to do to people. Well, well, I will say the thing with the Jaguars too is they didn't have a lot of injuries on defense. The Jaguars just didn't have injuries on defense. That really never happens. They had such an amazing run. So they're they're going to have some key guys get injured this year. So thus their defense. So I guess just calling out number one, I guess I would go, since it's only one, you can only be one of one, I'd go habanero. Trays, trays it like milk. No, that's not true. I said, really? I said jalapeno. Yeah, they were, well, they were the number five DST last year, and they only improved their defense, and they're get, they got another year of experience, and they're getting their best cornerback. Well, no one's projecting them to go number one. I mean, uh, ESPN, in terms of projections, they're projecting them to go number eight. Well, I'm... So said the number one overall, that's pretty... I mean, come on, guys. A jalapeno, that's that's like me saying, uh, um, I don't know, Kareem Hunt's going to be the number one overall. I feel like that's way spicier. Uh, not even... I think that's way spicier. Uh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> I said they got to leapfrog a lot I guess, of really great I defenses guess to be. If, if, I mean... If, Trey, if you're willing to bend to Habanero just because it's number one, I think that's a totally fair. Yeah, I, I'd be willing to do that. I mean, you know, that that's uh, that's fine, given given that it is the number one, you know, defense. I don't think it's unreasonable. I mean, I think, you know, they're ranked fifth here on Fantasy Pros. So, you know, I, I don't I don't think it's it's unreasonable at all because I think the fluctuation between those top, you know, five or six defenses is, is going to be based – purely on uh, their strength of schedule and avoiding injury. Yeah. So, and I was looking uh, at the chargers. I, I like their defense a lot this year. I think they're, I think they're going to have a really good defense. I like the entire team, to be honest. I think that they're going to kind of my dark horse pick to uh, be in the super. Yeah. They, they also got big also last year had the opportunity to beat up on like the, you know, the, the Broncos with what we assume will be a better offense this year. Uh, the Raiders with Derek Carhart and, Mark Cooper being Bobo, things like that. So uh, I am just a little upset that your first take of the year is about a fantasy DST. So it is hard, but I think we're going to end on Habanero. You got to, and you got to thank you. You got to build it up. I mean, I can't go with like their super hot stuff at number 10. We're going to, we're going to count down number one. So I'm, I'm going, you know, with a, with, I think it's a pretty good, good bold take, but you know, we're going to get warmed up, warmed up. So, so Trey Brent is home tonight. All right. So tonight, my hot, bold, spicy take is related to the aforementioned multiple-time Cleveland Browns, um, and and I want to I want to lay the foundation here. Um, the uh, as I mentioned before, there were four offenses last year: Kansas City, the Chargers, the New Orleans Saints, and the Atlanta Falcons that placed four players on offense in the top 18 at their position. And I want you to – my bold, hot, spicy take is that the Cleveland Browns will place a quarterback, a running back, a wide receiver, and a tight end in the top 18 at their position in all four positions. And, you know, as not only 
did only four offenses do this last year. Uh, but the uh, consensus fantasy pros rankings for PPR uh, list only one Cleveland Brown in the top 18 of their position. And that is David Njoku at tight end 13. All right. I, I guess I should go first since I haven't gone first yet in terms of reacting to any of these takes. Hmm. So you're, t- you're saying, did you say four? So you said a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end on the top 18, basically. Yeah. Cause I think that, um, I, I think this is pretty, I think this is pretty hot. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to decide exactly where I think it is. Um, maybe I'm going ghost pepper here because I, there are so many good quarterbacks that for a quarterback to end in the top 18, especially if uh, Tyrod plays half the year and Baker plays half the, half the year, it's going to throw you off. I don't know that David Njoku is going to make that step this year. The running back situation, running back by committee. Although I do kind of think Duke Johnson maybe could, could sneak in there like the number 18. So, but I think it's pretty hot with four guys um, and not, you know, the most prolific offense the past couple of years, even though they've added the weapons. So I'll go um, ghost pepper. Yeah. Well, I'm, it's uh, as for the lack of excitement, I'm pretty on board with that. Freaking Browns, the freaking Browns, man. I can't talk. I can't stand them. I can't stand. They. I want them, but I don't want them ever. All right. Well, let's let's not let, let, let's end this show on a positive note. Do we have anything positive uh, to say before we close, guys? Talk- for yeah, I'm getting four points from my take. <laughs> the Tour de France has been amazing. If you haven't been paying attention out there, uh, one, it's a great time to join the fantasy Tour de France. You still probably can midway through, and. It's the only other sport that does more drugs than the NFL. So you might as well uh, get on board with them. It's been super fun. Lots of crashes, lots of changes in leadership, exciting stages. Oof. Tour de France funness. Every day. You can watch it, stream it on your phone while you're answering your emails. I have something to celebrate. I want to recognize two of our new Patreon members. We've got Jason Lawn and Anders Fries Hansen. And Anders, if I get your last name incorrect, I apologize. So we apologize. So thanks for joining us. You have exclusive access to our uncut, unedited, and uncensored show. Um, so if you want to join them, you can go to, to patreon.com slash fantasyjoes and join them and get that access. But until then, we want to thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Joes. Contact us directly at thefantasyjoes at gmail.com or at at FF Joe's on Twitter. That's a great place to go to learn about the Fantasy Joe's Bowl 1 that we talked about earlier. Your feedback is welcome. Let us know how we're doing and what you want from us. We come at you weekly, very early Mondays with new episodes. But be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And leave us a review, but only if it's a positive one. You can find us on Twitter. Trey is at Trey Barrett. Will is at Fantasy Joe underscore Will. And I'm at Roto Librarian. On behalf of Trey Barrett and Will Greenwood, I'm Ryan Livergood. And we are the Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes. Fantasy Joes. So you know that uh, <laughs> Nick Foles has won more playoff games than the Cleveland Browns have won total games in the last two years. <laughs> Did you guys read those fun stats I put in last week? I guess I missed it. Oh, gosh. I guess I missed it. I, I, I have to. I guess I missed uh, it. Yeah, in the show. In the show, in the show I, they're very, very late additions in case we got into I didn't. But Tim was being uh, such, a, such a great bro on the, on the podcast. I didn't want to go into all of them. But I, I, I did 
Uh, let me find them really quick. Okay. So the, uh, the Miami Dolphins have beaten the New England Patriots an equal amount of times as the Browns have uh, wins in the last Ooh. two years. Uh, in weeks three and four of 2017, the Jets doubled the amount of wins the Cleveland Browns had in the last two years. I think that's a fun just because in weeks three and four of 2017, they had two more wins. Uh, Chargers kickers have, have missed more game-winning kicks than the Browns have won games in the last two years. Now, that's about that. This far as goes for ones. The Browns are so bad. Why are they so bad? Why are they such good players on their team? <laughs> That's good. Why are they drafting people we want? Why do they suck so much? I hate it. All right, we're gonna go. We gotta we gotta talk about Love Bell now because you guys were awesome. You guys are fired up. I love it. Love the passion. All right. So here we go. That's right. We are the Fancy Joy. joy. Yeah, let's try again. We're not the Fancy, fancy Joys. joys. <laughs> we're, the, we're the Fancy Joys. We're the Fancy Joes. The Fancy Joels here. That's right. Oh. We are the Fancy Joel. Down in my heart. <laughs> Leave this in. This is great. We should do. Got hey. the re- 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 remix. 